the business savvy singer. Hey there, and welcome to the Business Savvy Singer podcast. I'm Dr. Greta Pope, and I'm so glad that you're here. This podcast is dedicated to vocalists and to those who love them. We interview singers who are working professionally to get a glimpse into their lives and celebrate their personal journey to success. Join us weekly to learn how to move your career forward. Get tips and recommendations to help you realize the career of your dreams. You're listening to the Business Savvy Singer Podcast, brought to you by the privatemusicstudio.net, providing online education to build sustainable careers in music. Also, Eternal Wolf Music, producing audio for every need, and Greta Pope Entertainment, for the finest in entertainment. Hey there, and welcome to the Business Savvy Singer podcast. Today, I am thrilled to have with me a wonderful woman. She's a wonderful mom and wife and singer, and I'm just so excited that she's agreed to do this with me today. Her name is Arisa Kusumi Sullivan, and I am going to let her just tell us everything about herself, about her career. Uh, She's had quite an illustrious uh, career. So Arisa, thank you for joining me. Please uh, let our listeners know a little bit about you. Where are you from? Hi, Greta. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm just thrilled to be here. And I'm so thrilled to have you in our community now and that we're getting to know each other. It's wonderful to have somebody of your caliber in this area. So thank you for having me. Well, thank you. Um, So I am Japanese-American. My parents are originally from Japan. And I was born in North Carolina. So I was the first generation born over here. Wow. (laughs) And um, I had a, you know, really not a very musical family. My father loved classical music and listened to jazz and classical, but uh, that was pretty much it in terms of exposure. Yeah. (laughs) So um, I, you know, began to feel called towards singing when I was about 13. Um, I, there was an audition for West Side Story at my school And I can't really explain it, but there was something inside of me that told me you have to audition for this. Wow. Um, So that's that's how it all began. I auditioned and ended up getting the role of Maria. Wow. Yes. Yes. And I was very fortunate to have a teacher who really believed in me. Teachers are just so important in a person's life. That's right. Um, They're everything. The encouragement and exactly wonderful support. Yeah. And so he was the one who encouraged me to get a voice teacher at that point. And even came to my parents' doorbell, rang it and asked them to please let me take voice lessons because they weren't really that supportive of that idea at the time. (laughs) Wow. That is so wonderful. Yeah, and so I'm I'm lucky that I had several key people like that in my yeah. life who um, brought music into my life and yeah. allowed me to continue um, on that journey. Yeah, and really changed the trajectory of your life. You know, Absolutely. when you think about it, I mean, that's Absolutely. really something. So, 
Yeah, so um, for a while, you know, I thought I was going to go into science or something. So I went to a wonderful school in Durham, North Carolina, called the North Carolina School of Science and Math. <laughs> um, but fortunately, you know, there were some really fabulous music teachers there as well. And, um, you know, it's funny that there were some amazing musicians that passed through that science and math school. Like, um, wow. there's uh, several famous musicians. There's a cellist that went through there. Wow. That later went went on to become a very famous musician, um, and Rhiannon Giddens actually went. Oh my to, gosh! Yeah, yeah the Carolina Chocolate Drops. Yeah, she's fabulous. So kind yeah. of crazy, but you know, there they do say there's a connection between um, math and music. Absolutely. So maybe, maybe that's what it is. Um, I often find that the very best musicians I know are also incredibly intelligent people. That's right. Um, and so, you know, I think that all of it kind of ties in together, but I was very fortunate to have that education. I had a fabulous French teacher there, Wonderful. and then um, after I was there for a while, I realized that what I wanted to pursue was music, so I applied to the Eastman School of Music. Wonderful. And was accepted, and uh, that's where I pursued my vocal performance degree. That is just fabulous. It's so exciting. So yeah. tell us a little bit about your European, well, let's start talking about Eastman and then go on from there about your European performances and so forth. Sure. So um, at Eastman, I was very fortunate to study with a woman named Carol Weber. She was my voice teacher, and she was an incredible mentor for me. Um, not only was she a fabulous technician, but she also um, had the rare gift of, you know, beautiful artistry and connection mm -hmm. with the text and yeah. interpretation. So she really helped draw me into the whole picture of being an artist, being a singer. Wow. And um, I'm very grateful to her for that. Um, so she actually, it was interesting, she... Um, was very much about protecting the young voice and, you know, staying very conservative about how she trained me. So I remember wanting to just start off and sing all the big opera <laughs> Queen of the night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she was like, no, I don't allow my freshmen to sing opera arias. Yeah. So I had to start off with singing the songs mm -hmm. and learning the song repertoire, which turned yeah. out to be a blessing because I grew to really appreciate that art form oh, yeah. and text and, you know, really understanding musicianship. Yeah. So that was just really actually a blessing in disguise that I wasn't allowed to yeah. touch the hard <laughs> stuff first. And I still teach that way to this day That's that I'm wonderful. very protective of the young voice. And I'd rather err on the side of caution than yes. to allow young singers to go too far and damage their young, vulnerable voice. Absolutely. That is, that is so true. You know, you want your students to be able to sing for all of their lives, you mm -hmm. know, and exactly. sing in a healthy way for all of their lives, you know. So it's, you have to be very careful with those young students. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. So that... So that, so that <laughs> so a puppy! <laughs> Reality of the COVID world. Uh, yes, it is the reality. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so um, what? What kind of dog? What kind of dog do you have? I have a Maltese Shih Tzu who is oh. an absolute sweetheart. Oh, and he's so good with people. That's but great. He is, uh, you know, he sounds like very scary when he barks. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I have a Shih Tzu Yorkie mix, oh, okay. a Shorkie, <laughs> and she's the same way. She feels like it's all about her. 
You yes, know, exactly. so a lot of times when I'm teaching lessons, she'll sit on my lap, but then there comes a point at which she thinks, you know, she needs the attention. So right, they're very exactly. cute. She thinks this is her, in, his interview. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're right. That's right. So That's anyway, right. yeah, so I, I worked with Carol and um, while I was there, I, I really focused a lot on um, diction and language and um and then I had the fortune in my senior year to work with some really fabulous coaches um, like Craig Rutenberg and Armin Guzlemian. And I would say that they are the ones who directed me to my next step because they had me uh, work on leader and I fell madly in love. Ah. And so, yes. Yeah, so, um, so that's what my next step was after Eastman was... I was wondering, well, what should I do next? Yeah. Uh, most people go and get their master's, but mm-hmm. I decided at that point that I wanted to go to Germany and learn the German language wow. um, and really master a language and become fluent and, you know, truly understand it on a deeper level. Wow. So um, that's that- where I went next. I, I decided to uh, kind of take a detour and go over to Germany and studied with Riri Grist. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she's a fabulous, fabulous um, lyric coloratura yes. soprano, um, African American woman who, uh, you know, was one of. She was actually the Maria that Leonard Bernstein wanted to sing West Side Story, oh. but at the time, you know, they didn't allow African right. Americans to take the lead. So right. he wrote the song somewhere for her, and she sang somewhere in West wow. Side Story. But wow. I was lucky to have her as a mentor at that time. Um, I studied with her briefly, and and that's what got me launched into my career, was she suggested that I audition for an opera festival um, called Kammeroper Schloss Rheinsberg, which is a real launch pad for young singers. Oh, how wonderful. In, um, outside of Berlin. And so that's that's what started to launch my career in that direction. Wow. It, you know, it's so wonderful just the the path that a career takes and the people that you come in contact with and the ways that they kind of launch you to that next plateau and then that launches you to the next thing. It's it's wonderful. It's really interesting, isn't it? Especially yeah. at this age when I look back at everything you know, it, it makes you really feel, I do feel a lot of times like we're sort of meant to go on certain paths. Yes. And it's very important to listen to your instincts because I feel like if you do follow your instincts and listen to signs, yep. you will be directed on the right path. That's right. Um, I was very much influenced later on in life um, reading Paolo Coelho's The Alchemist. Mm-hmm. Um, and he very much talks about that too, where he believes that, you know, the signs are always there of where you are meant to go next. But the important thing is that you listen that to them. you listen. That's absolutely right. That's yes. absolutely right. Because so often we have in our minds what we think should be happening. Absolutely. And all the signs could be there, but we're off in a different direction because we mm-hmm. think we know, you know, so you're right. right. Listening is, is hugely important. Absolutely. Yeah. So this is something that's been important in my life. And the times that I felt like I was really succeeding and doing everything that I was supposed to be doing was the time that I was listening to my gut and telling me what I should do next. And so I think that that's what leads these wonderful people to enter your life and show you the next path. That's right. That's absolutely right. Well, that's mm-hmm. great. So once you were in Germany, you did a lot of, of concert singing and opera singing there. 
Yeah, so um, so I made my debut actually that year um, with the Kammeroper Schloss Rheinsberg in Sweden because they were doing a joint production. So I met some really wonderful people in Sweden, and then I went on to sing and make a debut in Germany. And the director of this um, of this opera uh, was Stefan Piontek, and he was a, a very well-known director in Germany. And he um, took me on under his wing, and I asked his advice. And I said, what do you think I should do next? And he said, well, I think you should come to Germany, and I think you can make a career. Wow. Because I was at that point at a crossroads of, should I go back and get my master's, or should I just go on and try to make a career? And given that my whole calling, I really feel, is has been very much performance-based. I'm a performer at heart. I yeah. love singing for people and ex expressing and emoting, that's the path that I chose. So I packed up my bags and I went to Germany and within a month uh, he called me and he said, hey, there's an audition in Chemnitz wow. uh, for a fest contract. Would you like to audition? And I did and I ended up getting the role, uh, the, the job. Wow. And so that began my, my career. <laughs> wow, that is so fantastic. So how yes. long were you there? How, how many years did you spend there? I would say I was there about five to six years. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I sang fest and, you know, I sang, I sang also as a guest at other opera houses in Germany. And I really got a lot of opera roles under my belt as a result. Great. And so I really got so much experience. I really had zero experience when I started. <laughs> and I, I had to get up there and learn roles yep. within you know, a couple weeks and learn the staging and get Great. out there in front of people with the orchestra. So that was very challenging, but uh, it made me have to learn to be professional yep. really quickly. That's right. Um, and then... From there, my career started to branch off. At first, it was very operatic. Um, but as you know, my love of art song is what led me over to that side of the ocean. And so um, that's where I started to go down the next path, which is that um, as I was wrapping up my contract in Germany, um, I, I decided to um, do a competition, the International Robert Schumann Competition. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, I ended up getting a prize and meeting uh, Benita Valente, who's wow. a famous art song yeah. singer. And she took me under her wing. Oh at my that gosh, point. that's fabulous. <laughs> and again, I asked her, like, you know, what do you think I should do next? And she said, I think you should come back to Philadelphia and study with me because I really want to teach you some things. And then I think you could, you know, make a career over there too. Wow. And I was pretty homesick at that point. I, I really wanted to go back. Um, it was difficult being Asian and living over there. Um, yeah. You know, there, I encountered a lot of racism. And, wow. You know, that in, exists everywhere. But it was difficult because I was a young woman alone over yes. there. And, yeah. You know, so I, I had to make some decisions. And so I decided to come back to the States and study with Benita. And um, that's where I met some fabulous people. Again, um, I studied with her intensively in Philadelphia, and I auditioned for the Marlboro Music Festival, mm -hmm. uh, which was very key in my life. It was a chamber music festival um, started by Rudolf Serkin mm -hmm. and um, Pablo Casals. And uh, so there I learned a completely new genre of music, which was the whole chamber music world. Wow. 
Um, and that was fabulous. And um, I began doing competitions. Um, I did a few competitions like the, um, the um, I can't think of the one out at the moment, but it's in New York City. <laughs> but anyway, um, and so I, I, it was a leader competition, and I met Dalton Baldwin at that competition. Um, I didn't win. I was a finalist. So I tell young singers, you don't have to win. Yeah. To That's gain right. benefit from a competition, um, you actually can meet some amazing people who can change your life, and that is what happened to me. Wow. I, I was a finalist, but there was Dalton Baldwin there listening to me, and he said that he was very moved by my singing and that mm. I reminded him of Ellie Ameling. Oh, my gosh. So he um, invited me to study, well, it was actually uh, to go participate in um, the Verbier Festival in Switzerland. Mm -hmm. um, I received everything paid for. It was incredible. Wow. Um, yes. And I got to study uh, with Thomas Kvasthoff and wow. um, Elisabeth Söderström. And it was just an amazing experience. And then he also later invited me to the Villecrolls Festival in France where he taught with Lorraine Newbar, and we performed there as well, and I met some fabulous singers there. Wow. Um, so I got to be in, in Provence, France. And yeah, can't beat that, <laughs> huh? That's great. <laughs> I oh, tell wow. people, you know, you, you know, it's pretty incredible. Like, you know, they had their own French chef, and, wow. um, you know, it was run by the Schlumberger family, who was apparently, oh, yeah. you know, big fans of classical music. Yeah. And so, you know, we, it was just a beautiful experience. We got to perform in Provence. And wow. so, um, yeah, I mean, just the, the, the places I, I've gotten to go in my life are pretty incredible. It's so wonderful. You know, I, I tell students all the time that music is such a great opportunity to uh -huh. experience other cultures, other peoples, just to yes. broaden your horizon. It's a, it's a wonderful opportunity. You have, you've had Absolutely. a tremendous career. It's just so exciting. Thank you. So you now, well. well, thank you. <laughs> so tell me with, with, with the opera, what is your favorite role to sing? Well, I have to say I was a soubrette opera, opera singer. I was a okay. light lyric soubrette. Mm -hmm. And, um, of course I think Mozart is, was a genius mm -hmm. and the music that he wrote is incredible because not only can he you know, be funny and comic, but he can also be so incredibly moving and yes. and human. Yes. And so I got to sing the Susanna in the Marriage of Figaro. Yes. And that was really just a sublime experience. The, the music, she seems so simple, and yet yeah. she gets to sing absolutely amazing music. Yeah. She gets to pretend to be an aristocrat, yeah. even though she's <laughs> the... Right you know, just a maid servant. Yeah. And I, I think that that really moved me to be able to sing that kind of music. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great role. It's a great it role. Is. Yeah. Yes. How about you? What was your favorite? Oh boy. Um, you know, I did Pamina Mozart oh, yeah. again and I loved, I love that. Mm -hmm. Um, just several, you know, I adore Bella. In Cosi yes. uh, so you know, I I I really enjoyed it. I I did it for a short period of time, and then moved into other styles of singing. Uh, mm -hmm. But I love the classical repertoire, and I'm very familiar with it, and familiar with the with the greats uh, that have sung in that in that style. Um, it's it's just uh, it's beautiful music, beautiful yes. beautiful music. Yes. 
It really yeah. is. Yeah. So now tell me, you are now on the faculty at Rollins. Oh, well, actually, uh, what happened was I was on the faculty of Rollins okay. for several years, about six years. Okay. Um, and I really enjoyed working there um, and working at the college level. Um, so, yes, after I sort of uh, had children, yeah. I began to wind down my per- performing a little bit because it's difficult to travel with oh, yes. children and family sure in tow. And you want to, <laughs> even if the family's not in tow, you want to be with them. You yes, want to be absolutely. reading the stories at night and, and participating yes. in the all it's of the so stuff. True. Yeah, it's so, so true. I, I'm I very that. much about uh, being a hands-on mother. Yes. Um, so I, I began to change and decide that I wanted to go down a different path. So I began teaching, um, and that's when I moved to Orlando, and I happened to you know, be offered this Rollins job, which was really fantastic, and I got to meet a lot of great singers. Um, but as I was working there, I started to realize that I had another calling. Um, so I still teach, and I very much enjoy teaching. I love it. Um, but I am always a person who wants to have my hand in a yes. lot of different cookie jars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I, I began to think about a dream I had had for many, many years to uh, start a chamber music series. Oh. And um, at the time, my friend Brad Coward was renovating the Howie Mansion out in Howie in the Hills, Florida, mm-hmm. a 1925 historic mansion, very wow. beautiful. And, um, you know, as you know, with old architecture, there's a lot of hardwood and yeah. stone, and it sounds fat- fantastic when classical music, <laughs> yeah. any kind of music is done out there. And so I began to think about how... You know, I had had all these experiences in Europe and Mm -hmm. in Marlboro Music Festival and just seeing the joy of being in a small, intimate environment Mm -hmm. like a palace Mm -hmm. or a chamber music hall and how you can really touch people on a different level um, with that size. And so um, I approached him and asked him if I could start an educational series um, where we could introduce classical and jazz music to people because I I very much felt at that point that it was my responsibility after having 20-some years of experience performing that I need to pass this on Mm -hmm. to the next generation. Yep, absolutely. If people like like us don't pass that love and appreciation on, it will just die out, and you can see that with the numbers of people who show up at those kinds of concerts. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would hate I would hate for that tradition to be lost. So mm-hmm. I felt it was my responsibility to start the Howie Mansion Music Series. Wow. So I started the nonprofit and now we have amazing jazz and classical musicians come out and we have them talk about everything mm-hmm. um, in a fun um, way so that they can experience and understand the background and really appreciate that kind of music. Yes. Um, and we will also start a children's program called Mansion Music for school field trips to help oh, them be introduced to that kind of music as That well. is so wonderful. You know, there are so many schools that don't have music now. Yes. So for them to be able to take a, a field trip in their science class or their some other class and, and come and hear music like that is just fantastic. Yes. Yes. Fantastic. So that's that's a really big, um, important priority in my life. That's great. Um, and meanwhile, like I'm still singing mm-hmm. and 
performing. And, you know, for me, as a, like I said, I'm a performer. In all honesty, I've started to think about this. I think it, it doesn't really matter in what way I'm performing. I just really like yeah, performing. Yeah, you just I enjoy like it. I like to emote and express, yes. whether it's acting or singing or other genres. Yes. So at this point, I'm, I'm really open to finding different fun ways to express myself. That's wonderful. It's wonderful. Well, you are absolutely fantastic. I've seen video of you and just, Thank oh you. my gosh. Thank beautiful you so voice, much. beautiful presence, beautiful lady. You know, you just Thank are you. really, you, you have it all. So it is <laughs> fantastic. Oh, it's true. <laughs> it's true. You know, I remember, well, I, I will first tell our listeners that you are the president of the Central Florida chapter of the National Association of Teachers of Singing. Yes, that's and correct. I uh, about a year ago uh, became a member of that organization, and I will never forget my very first meeting. Uh, and I knew no one, and you would ask me to stand up and introduce myself because I was new. And when I left, you hugged me, and I was yes. so moved by that. You know, I mean, that is just a you know, I could just see that you have a beautiful spirit. Thank you. Yeah, and Thank that you. is you know very very I... lovely. I, you know, it's interesting that you say that because I've evolved over the years where I'm sure you had the same. You know, when you have old school teachers, they're really mean. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> There's a different way of teaching back then where yep. you have lots of, you know, critique. I'm glad because it made me a better singer and, you know, I really learned a lot. I learned humility. Yeah. But as I get older and I teach people myself, I'm starting to realize that, you know, there's enough critique, there's enough negativity yep. in the world yep. that people have to deal with that I would like to try to be the light in their lives where I can give them inspiration, I can give them positivity yep. and see what's what's important in life, you know, and yep. really find the joy in what they're doing. Yeah, I think you're so, so right. You know, I when, when I was in grad school, I studied at Indiana uh, with the great Eileen Farrell, which was just really wow. thrilling. Yeah. And, but, you know, it was very interesting in a school situation like that. You know, it's always, well, you know, this note was a little of this and that, you know, you need to do a little more of this and a little less of that. And so when I got out into the world, I thought, oh, I'm terrible. I'm yeah. not, you know, I'm not very good. And then I got out into the world and I thought, you know, yeah, I can, I think I might be able to manage having some kind of career, but you, right. but you know, it, it kind of erodes your confidence. Yes. So it's yes. lovely, you know, to have a teacher like you that is encouraging. And I try to be that as well, you know, very encouraging and, you know, you can do this and, you know, you yeah. sound great and, you know, all of those things. Cause it's so important. Important. Yes, I've, I've definitely, you know, I think I was shaped by the fact that I have crashed and burned before. Yeah. I have lost my confidence. Mm -hmm. I have had extreme anxiety and really had to kind of rise up from the ashes. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> and what I found ended up helping me to come back to music mm -hmm. when I left it for a while. Mm-hmm was finding the spirituality, yeah. the yoga, the meditation, yeah. finding something higher in what we do. Absolutely. That, that's what led me back to it. And so now I have a very different perspective where I don't 
I'm a very, I'm a very particular teacher. I'm very strict. I, you know, but I can, you can do that in a nice positive yes, way. That's right. Where you're not stripping somebody of their essence and of right. their, you know, specialness. Yes, you're right. They retain that. Yeah, you're right. And that's, that's such an important thing. And I think that's where the, um, the, area of teaching has evolved over the last number of years you know it's yes you want your students to be good but I find that they do better when I'm encouraging them yes because they believe that they can be wonderful you know Mm -hmm. and and then they want to be wonderful and they work hard to to do that so it's good yes and people try to when they see that you believe in them they try to reach that point that's right that's that higher right. point that's... that you see them having as potential. That's right. That's right. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Well, it has truly been my pleasure to know you over this time, and I, I, I plan to, to get to know you a lot better and spend time with you and have fun with you and, and so forth because you're great. Thank you. You're great. I, I can say the same about you. I'm oh. really excited to develop a friendship with oh, you and well, thank get you. to know you better because you do so many wonderful things oh. out of your studio and all the broadcasts and the and the workshops and things. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Arisa. So tell us now, where can people find you online? So I have a website. Um, it is www.arisakasumi.com. Um, and so that's my main singing website. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you want to find out about the Howie Mansion music series, that is at www.howiemusicseries. That's H-O-W-E-Y musicseries.org. And there you can also read about the series as well. Well, that's wonderful. Thank you so, so very much for being with us today. What a treat for our listeners. Thanks, Thank Arisa. you so much, Greta. All right. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The Business Savvy Singer Podcast is brought to you by the privatemusicstudio.net, Eternal Wolf Music, and Greta Pope Entertainment. Let us know if you know of a singer who is having great success in the music business. We'd love to share their story and their journey on this podcast. Send your emails to info at gretapope.com. We've had a great time with you today. See you next time on the Business Savvy Singer Podcast. The Business Savvy Singer. Singer.